host Nish Hapel and it has been a huge round of football, round 10, and of course Sir Doug Nichols' Indigenous round was celebrated over the past weekend and it was just a fantastic weekend for Indigenous and Torres Strait Island cultures um, to be celebrated on the biggest of stages that we have here across the country. Um, without further ado, I'm going to dive straight into my top footy moment because it's very on theme this week. We saw some fantastic goals kicked by some much loved Indigenous players and also some newer players in our competition. I'm going to give three shout outs this week. One to Shy Bolton, who kicked a fantastic goal, parted the seas with a little sidestep, selling the candy and booted a goal on the big stage, of course, in the Richmond versus Essendon Dreamtime at the G game. Um, And then two goals that I was actually at the game for on Friday night when Carlton took on the Swans. One goes to none other than Buddy Franklin, a fantastic goal on the run, kicked a 60-metre bomb. We've seen him do it time and time again, but every time he does it, you think, is this one of the last times we're going to see him do it? So it's always very special in my opinion. And third, one of the new kids on the block, uh, I'm going to give him a shout out, Jesse Motlop from the Carlton Football Club. A nice one. He put it on the outside of the boot and bent it through. So really good goals from our Indigenous talent, really showcasing it in, in their rounds that they own, wearing fantastically designed jumpers that represent, you know, I know a lot of them represent cultures um, and, and from their areas, I know that Carlton's jumper specifically, I did a little bit of research on, actually honoured each of the Indigenous players at the club and their tribes that they've come from. Now, we're going to get straight into some news stories, but just a reminder that if you want to send in your top footy moment, you can do that at our Instagram at After the Siren Podcast. Um, also, I'll be asking for people to comment their top footy moments on TikTok very soon, so make sure you look out for that. Also, a new TikTok just went up today, with the day that I'm recording this on Tuesday, um, so make sure you go check it out. It's a vlog from my game at the Carlton and Sydney. Actually, right before we jump into our news stories, I feel like we're moving pretty quickly this episode, so much to cover. Um, I, it was actually requested that I update you all on my footy that I've been doing, um, obviously, as just part of the Victorian Amateur Football Association, part of the VAFA, playing with the old Melburnians. I'm really enjoying it. Shout out to the girls, not that any of them listen, let alone know this podcast exists. <laughs> um, but it's been great fun. We've got two wins on the board and one game that the other team forfeited, so we got the four points and technically three. Um, but there's definitely some really talented groups in the competition that are holding us to pretty low scores, unfortunately. So we're going to have to dig deep throughout the back half of the season, get a few more wins. Um, but for me, I'm just really enjoying being a part of a team again and having something that I need to turn up to on the weekends and and training on Tuesday, Thursday nights. It's fantastic. So I'm really enjoying that aspect of it um hopefully get my hands on the ball a little bit more in the back end of the season as my fitness gets up but um yeah really enjoying it so that's the update for those of you you know who you are who they requested an update um nonetheless we've got a few uh injury updates to kick off our news um big one for Geelong is that Patrick Dangerfield he's unlikely to play before the bye as they're going to take a little bit of a conservative approach with a calf setback he's previously uh had a calf strain or cork earlier this year that put him out for two weeks 
um, and is likely to miss clashes with the crows and the dogs and then of course the buyer so it'll be about a two to three week for him um, yeah so not good news for Paddy we obviously miss him and you know we want him to be his same explosive self but uh, I think it's sad when we see these players start to get the soft tissue injuries it is kind of a sign that we're nearing the end I mean when you get to that age we all know that you're nearing the end but uh the injuries definitely put a sour taste in your mouth so all the best to Patty. um hopefully he gets back out on the park and now another really interesting one is that Tom Lynch uh he's out for roughly two to three weeks as well Again, uh, he's done another hamstring injury. He did one earlier in the year, in the preseason. Um, but he's actually ha- had one of his uh, career best seasons to date, in 31 goals from 10 matches. Um, it's marginally higher than 2016 in Gold Coast. He, he kicked 66 from 22, so the percentage works out higher from the 10 games. But um, the updates from... Peter Burge, uh, Richmond's physical performance manager, said that Tom had scans on Sunday, showed a mild strain in his lower hamstring area in a similar spot, but not the same in the as the preseason. Um, but given its pro- close proximity, they're going to have extra care. Um, although he pulled up really well, he's still likely to miss those few weeks. And another hamstring, it's not a good week for soft tissue injuries, let me tell you. Um, another notable injury is the Brisbane's humor cluggage. He's also done a hamstring, but he's pulled up pretty well. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. He'll, he'll be back running, uh, this week and, uh, possibly missing the one game, uh, maybe two, just depending on how that all, all eases over. Now, another news story that I thought was really on trend this week, um, Paddy Ryder spoke to the media ahead of Sir Doug Nichols' Indigenous Round. He's a household name in the AFL. He seems to have been around forever, and that's because he literally has. This is his 18th season um, as a AFL player. He's obviously played across the three clubs. Uh, he was drafted to the, Brom- the Bombers and then uh, went across to Port Power, and now he is at the Saints. Um, he's really keen to extend his contract into the 18th season as he plays an integral role for St Kilda's push for finals I just want to pause there for a second a ruckman and a good talented ruckman on top of his game is game changing duh that's stating the obvious niche I've really noticed it in the blues Um, we've had Mark Pitney go out with a PCL injury to miss up to three months of footy and whilst Tom DeConing is faring really well he's doing a great job he can't do the same minutes as Pitney. He's got a smaller body and he does get thrown around a little bit more. Paddy Ryder is not going to be thrown around. He's got literally nothing to lose. He's coming into the back end of his career and he wants to put his body out there for another year. Um, so I think it's going to be happy days for Paddy Ryder as he finishes his career on a potential highest of highs. The Saints are looking really, really good. Now, what would a contract extension mean for Paddy Ryder? Now, he's currently sitting on 275 games since he debuted in 2006. Um, and a one-year contract would see him get really close to that 300 club. So uh, definitely can't see a reason why he wouldn't go around again in 2023. Um, Paddy Ryder said an extension would put the magical 300 game milestone within reach. Rats, Ratten talks about family down there and we want to create a family environment. I love that club and that's me as a person. I've got strong family values. All the boys starting to come through and shine a little bit because we're able to do that. Show a bit of love to each other and appreciate each other. 
and sounds like rats is fostering a fantastic environment for all the sainters down there in Moorabbin. Um, it seems like there's a lot of positivity going around. They've obviously had a few big wins. Beating Geelong a couple of weeks back was definitely a, a huge one. Uh, 10 points. You wouldn't have really picked that. I definitely didn't pick that. Um, so I think the Saints are one to watch. They've always had the talent. They've always sat there. We know in 2020 they got knocked out of the finals by the Tigers and people expected them to go the next step in 2021. But uh, definitely a slump in form was was probably the most talked about thing in relation to the Saints. Uh, they definitely under-delivered on people's expectations. Um, but we're seeing their full capabilities now. And I, I think they've still got that one step further. They've got kids to come back into the side. You know, players like Hunter Clark, I will go on and on for hours about Hunter Clark. He's an amazing talent. He's, you know, probably I've heard him be likened to the moves of Bontempelli, which is, you know, you can't get much higher praise than that. I know that um, when Jack Steele sat down for his interview with Dylan Buckley on Dylan Friends, he really raved about Hunter Clark as well. So, um, and, and Clark's had a horror run with injuries, so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out for him personally. But, you know, one of the players I'm so excited to just watch him go about his business and get a good run at it for sure. He'll bring some talent back into the side. Obviously, we've got more than that um, to come back in, but the Saints lineup is looking really, really the goods this season, um, sitting in the top eight currently. Now... Sad news. If you haven't heard by now, I don't know what you're doing in this footy world. It is a very sad day or a very sad week for Bombers fans in particular. But I know that I enjoyed watching this player. Um, Even my sister commented that we've lost a really great character in the league. As Anthony McDonald Tippin Woody has announced he's going to retire from the AFL effective immediately. He announced that last Thursday. Now, he's had a really tough run this season. He's taken some time out earlier in the preseason, um, obviously, for his mental health. That was really highly publicized. He's um, had a brilliant career, 126 games. And and I would say it feels like he's been around for longer or he's played more games because he just does so much. It didn't feel like, you know, when he was playing his first game, it didn't feel like he was new onto the scene. Like, he slotted in seamlessly. He, He was... A fantastic contributor right from the get-go um, and in that time he also kicked 153 goals for the red and black so solid contributor as we know um, he, he returned to play VFL in some recent weeks but I, I, I think from all reports his body wasn't quite there he, he wasn't capable of doing what his mind wanted him to do and that's a really hard thing to come by um, so when he came to the club, as I said, he slotted in seamlessly, but he also came one of the cult heroes for the Bombers and, and the AFL, but he also became the ultimate barometer for Essendon in games where he'd kicked two or more goals. The Bombers would win a high percentage of those games. He also was awarded the Bombers leading goal kicker in 2020. So a pretty fair effort for a small forward. We know that honor usually goes to a tall forward, um, but Tipper had that one covered Um, And he had a really, really emotional announcement to his teammates. He thanked everyone within the confine of the Bombers. He thanked the players, the staff, the coaches, the medical teams. He's obviously been through the ringer with his body and trying to get that right. Um, This is what he had to say. Obviously, this is just a snippet of it, but you can definitely go search up the full thing yourself. He said, the Bombers gave me the opportunity to fulfill my dream of playing AFL. 
I have loved my time at the club and I'm so proud of what I've been able to achieve in my AFL career. I'm also proud of my education. Coming to Victoria was to pursue my education and that has been really important to me. So it's been good to hear that he's been able to cover more than just AFL. He feels like he's improved himself and bettered himself beyond the walls of just football. But I know that uh, I've enjoyed watching him. There's no doubt he's got one of the best highlight reels in the competition. He, I could just go on and on forever. I think that the game in the last few years has lost some brilliant small forwards, you know, not, not to mention Eddie Betts again. I think he's had probably the most shout outs of anyone on this podcast, but um, I know that Eddie Betts came to the to the footy club uh, at Carlton and he came and he gained an education. He gained the ability to write and read and, you know, speak fluently and now he's in the media and, you know, it feels like we watched him grow up even though I was – much much younger than him it was like he was coming to this the club as a young boy and he just grew so much and I feel like Tipper's story emulates that and it really shows what the game can do for Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander peoples and I yeah really really gonna miss those uh cheeky Walla goals out the back I'm not gonna miss them being kicked against Carlton because it's very frustrating to to man him up he's super quick and uh super fun to watch but not the way you want to see a player go out on a, on a, one of the lower parts of their career, but there's no denying that he reached some of the highest of highs and, and more than most. So thank you to Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. You've put a smile on all of our faces and uh, we'll never, ever forget some of those highlight reels for sure. After this, we're going to get into our main topic, one that I'm really, really excited about um, and I feel like everyone should be excited with me. It is, of course, the news that the top tier AFLW players wage and also the minimum AFLW wage has been increased and we'll go through the nitty gritty details of everything that means. Also, the updates of when the AFLW season will begin and what uh, the plans for the future are because we've got... uh, a few changes and a few things in the works to create a bigger and better league and season structure for AFLW. So stick around. All right, we're back from that little break and I'm super, super excited for this topic. It's been one that I've been following closely and I'm extremely passionate about. Um, But on Thursday, it was announced that the top tier AFOW players will be paid $71,935 per season, whilst the minimum AFLW wage will increase to $39,184 per season. The CBA deal resulted in substantial pay rises for an uh, average of 94% across all four payment tiers. And I'm going to go through the tiers and some details to do with that. Um, And the players have particularly keen to have their unpaid hours, maintaining their fitness and recovery recognized in the new deal. So that is really exciting stuff. And it is recognizing the effort and also the money that the girls and women uh, and players have been able to bring into the game um, because they are being rewarded for putting on not only a great show but the hours and the training that they're putting in off the field and just being great club people all around. Now um, I'm going to go through the details um, but essentially there's four different tiers that a player can fall between. Um, now the top tier, as I mentioned, will get that seventy-one thousand nine hundred thirty-five, 
And tier two will get 55,559. Tier three will get 47,372. And that uh, minimum wage would be the 39,184. Now, there is eight players that can occupy that tier one and tier two spot. Um, so expansion clubs will be capitalizing on that. You can bet um, with, you know, them probably targeting talent from tier three from other clubs who would uh, be hoping to push into that top two tier category um, with a nice healthy pay rise. Um, so despite the four new teams, Essendon, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide and Sydney joining the competition, there's still only going to be 10 home and away rounds in the season. Um, but there will be an extra week of finals, meaning that the finals will be a top eight situation similar to what the men's season looks like. Now, we know that the CBA is expected to revolve around uh, the, se- uh, so the season length with the AFL Players Association aiming to have a full 18 round competition by 2026. So that is the goal. And Nicole Livingston has also maintained her goal and AFL's aspirational goal of having year-round athletes by 2030 rather than full-time or the current six-month or part-time contracts that all the athletes are on. Now, this pay increase from season 1.0, and a lot lot of people are comparing it to the um, pay uh, deals that the girls were on last year, but from the first season, it is a 192.4% increase from AFLW season one across the board. So that is huge, huge numbers. And, you know, it's only going to keep going up for these ladies and it is well-deserved. As I said, the eight players from each club will occupy the top two tiers and then the um, expansion clubs will be looking for that uh, tier three athletes to snap up. As we know, a lot of the um, trading has already begun with uh, Maddie Pressparkers officially signing the first deal today. And today is the, obviously it's the Tuesday, the day I'm recording. Today is the official commencement date of the sign and trade period. Um, and yeah, so let's carry on. There's also a few other details to go through and some quotes from some pretty important people. So Gillan McLaughlin said that it was momentum, momentous deal for the fledging of the competition and he quoted this, as well as providing the best possible outcome for AFLW players, the responsibility of the AFL and the wider football industry is to recognise that we all need to balance needs of all parts of the football community. Ensuring that we can continue to invest in pathways for women and girls so that all facilities at community levels provide gender-friendly facilities that are welcoming to continue, welcoming, continue to encourage and support women and girls being involved in football and investing in policies and programs that deliver safe and welcoming environment for people at all levels of our game. Well said, Gil. I completely agree. Now that I am involved in a community club, I can completely vouch for this. I think that, you know, I've played at a few uh, different grounds around uh, Melbourne that I would never have otherwise gone to. And I can see that, you know, we need to start um, putting our foot forward and saying what facilities we deserve. Even just having like a separate pre-training room to go to would be nice because walking into a a locker room full of, you know, three full senior men's teams um, as a 22-year-old girl can be intimidating. Um, that's why I usually just go straight out onto the field from my car. But it, it's, um, you know, 
it's the same as walking into any new environment personally for me I think if I you know knew a few of the guys and knew a few of the people around the club it would be a little bit of a different story but um, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent so I apologize but I'm just trying to say that I agree with Gil saying that we need to continue to support women and girls being involved and investing in programs and policies I think that's a really good thing to invest our time and uh, put our thinking caps towards how we can increase the safety and the just encouragement of all women and girls around. Um, But it is a fantastic place to be for sure. Now, another quote that was said by, um, by AFL Players Association CEO, Paul Marsh, he said the players were happy with the significant pay rise He said, this is a huge commitment from the industry to the AFLW and the AFLW players. This this is also about the future players and this is a big step forward. Our very uh, very publicly stated position is to get the players to full-time footballers by 2026 and I think this is a huge step forward. It absolutely is a huge step forward because growing up now, the... You know, we talk about how, oh, these players didn't have, you know, the AFLW to look up to. They didn't even know it was a possibility. Well, now girls and people growing up can look at the AFLW as a full-time potential occupation. Same as what the men do. They come out of high school and they've got full-time security for the next, you know, 12 to 18 years if you're Paddy Ryder. Depends how long your career ends up. But that is the goal. It's not like, okay, so I'll go to uni and I'll do AFLW on the side or I'll you know, coach some netball or coach some community footy and then also do footy or be a PE teacher as well. You know, there is an option for these girls that are, you know, 10, 11, 12 now to start really deciding and having the AFRW to look up to knowing that there is job security as a professional paid athlete in, in that league. We can tell girls now that by the time you get there, There is a league that will be year round for you to play in just like the boys. And that to me is equality. You know, there's obviously going to be things that when we get there, we'll say, "Hmm, this is still, you know, inequality and this is not great still. But I just think that the full time aspect of it and the year round aspect of it is what's really sticking out to me as one of the big changes, because you know, these girls playing now didn't have the AFLW, but now the girls looking up go, okay, well, there's AFLW, but that's 10 weeks of the year. What am I going to do for the other 42 weeks, you know? So if you can pose to them that there's going to be a full season waiting ahead of them, I'm sure that would encourage more girls to take up the sport and and really take it seriously. Um, Again, making the quality and the standard of AFLW just getting higher and higher. So I would definitely recommend to any uh, young girls out there to pick up a footy and just try a luck, see if it sticks out to you and if you enjoy it, because I wish someone did that to me. Probably wouldn't have taken up with the amount of swimming I was doing at the time, but it still would have been nice to have the option. Anyway, here I am now fumbling around at Elstonwick Oval uh, once or twice a week, so I'm definitely enjoying myself. Now, the other major update is that the AFLW season is set to commence in the last weekend of August, 
with um, the 10 rounds and then also the four-week final series and the grand final to be held in the last week of November. So that gives you a bit of a timeline of when everything will be happening. Crossing over with the men's AFL final series, but, um, you know, if you're the 10 teams that don't make it into the men's AFL final series, you can get straight back into the action with the AFLW, so that works out. I just thought it was really fantastic how the players uh, shared the news as well. And um, we definitely had some witty comments and some fantastic um, jokes from our AFLW players on the socials. So I just wanted to highlight this one from Emma Swanson from the West Coast Eagles. She said, point of view, you just, you grew up getting bullied because girls don't play footy, dot, dot, dot. You just got a 94% pay rise to play footy, hashtag AFLW with a meme of Kermit the Frog dancing. So yes, fantastic work from all of the AFW players that got on the socials and posted some really quality um, memes and jokes and also just got around each other and you know they know that they deserve it and that's good that's no kind of I can't even think of the word um, imposter syndrome there they have worked for this they deserve this and I am proud as someone that has supported the league right from the get-go um I'm going to wrap that one up there. My voice is getting sore from talking to myself for so long, but um, I've really enjoyed talking about this. And again, I just want to remind everyone that the Queen's birthday big freeze at the G is coming up. And if you haven't already picked up your beanie from Coles, $25 to a great cause. If that's not enough to convince you, go to Fight MND on Instagram, flip through their pages, watch the promos, and that for sure will convince you to get behind the cause. If you missed out on a beanie, you can still donate on the website as well. Not sponsored, just feel really passionate about it. So go do that. And if you would like to follow me, you can do that on Twitter at after the siren underscore, at Instagram at after the siren podcast, at uh, on Twitter at After the Siren Pod. I'm oh, sorry, no, TikTok. What am I saying? At TikTok and After the Siren Pod. Um, and also my socials on Twitter and Instagram. Sorry, yeah, Twitter and Instagram both just need to happen as well if you're interested in what I get up to in my daily life, which I'm sure you're not um, if you're a footy head. So. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for all the support, getting around the socials, getting around the TikToks. That's been a really big one. And uh, love you all. I'll be back with another episode before you know it. Thanks, guys. Bye.